Hey, everybody. This is another episode of The Back Office with Dave and Jeff. Uh, we are back after a bit of a hiatus, uh, so we're excited to get back into everything that has gone down uh, over the past uh, few weeks. But first, uh, a word from our sponsor. This episode of The Back Office is brought to you by the New York Jets organization. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. T-S. <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, thank you very much, uh, New York Jets football organization. Um, so a lot has gone down since we last spoke. Um, we kind of took a hiatus because of uh, the slide that the team was going through, uh, which is triggered by a really rough uh, performance on Thursday night football against the Miami Dolphins, who Dolphins uh, appear to be a legitimate football team. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that was a game that, uh, kind of lost the team. Gardner looked pretty rough. He was therefore uh, there and injured shortly after that game uh, with a hand injury that he didn't disclose to the team. So eventually he goes on IR. We're starting Jake Luton and Mike Lennon. Um, and the team has uh, slid, lost uh, 13 games in a row. So um, pretty uh, tough season. However, uh, good news yesterday, the New York Jets, who were in uh, the pole position for Trevor Lawrence, uh, they somehow beat the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, thank you, Rams. Uh, and so now the Jaguars and Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Ramsey. Um, Jake uh, Crowder had quite the uh, uh, game against you. So thank you. Um, and so we're now in position to win the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And this changes everything. And it could not come at uh, a more important point in uh, this franchise's um, current status, uh, both on the field and off the field, uh, with a lot of things going on between the cons and the city of Jacksonville, as far as making improvements to uh, a lot J entertainment project that uh, Shad Khan is working on. Um, and some rumors floating around that potentially, given some bad blood between the city and Shad Khan, uh, he'd be open to moving the team. The team su supposedly is a free agent team according to Mark Lamping. And so uh, at a, a really upsetting moment uh, in season for this franchise, uh, we uh, have now had some good news to, to bless us. And that is the possibility of drafting Trevor Lawrence. So David, um, now that I've brought everyone back up to speed and uh, the show is current, um, we probably would be talking about Justin Fields yesterday had this all not gone down. What was your initial reaction to the Jets win? Um, you know, arguably the biggest moment in, uh, Jaguars recent history since the run in 2017. Um, you know, it's not every day that there's a once in a decade, maybe multi-decade type of quarterback coming into the draft. And it's even in more rarefied air when your team is in the position to take that player. Um, so overall, a lot of excitement. Second emotion is uh, shut it all down. Don't mess this up. Don't, don't, you know, let Marone and, uh, and uh, Todd Wash and Jay Gruden go out there and get some unneeded victory when, you know, there's finally light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and that's coming from somebody that would never want to lose on purpose, but I, I don't see a, a whole lot of credence in the argument of, um, you know, this, you know, you know, these guys are, are here to, you know, to fight it out and get a win. And, and, you know, it's bad for the culture if you're, if you're instructing folks to lose and, 
you know, I, I would take the complete other side of that. The, the culture was broken over this 13 game stretch and, and all the losses we took last year, and all the losses we took before that. Um, it, it, and the resets coming, right? I mean, none of these guys deserve to have their jobs. I'm sure they're very nice people. Um, but you know, the, the ship has already sailed. So I, I think it's time to, to think towards the future, identify the guys that, you know, are going to be huge building blocks of the organization, you know, looking at you, James Robinson, DJ Chark, um, you know, Josh Allen, uh, you know, you've got talent on the roster, albeit to compete as we've seen over the last 13 games. Don't, don't overthink this. It's time to let the young guys who you think may have a spot in the kind of the second, third string of the roster next year, get as many reps as possible. You've seen what you have in Gardner Minshew. Um, as painful as it is for me to say, he's not going to be the starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars um, and, and likely not the starting quarterback of any NFL franchise. That said, um, he could be a very great backup quarterback for a very long time in the league. Um, and so, A, I think, you know, you keep him happy. Um, and B, I wouldn't risk, you know, having him get injured when, when you know, it, there's so many externalities between now and, and training camp. Um, so I would play a guy like Luton or, or Glennon going forward. Um, and, you know, the guys on the offensive line, I don't think Jawan Taylor should play. I don't think Cam Robinson should play. Um, you know, Linders are are on the defensive line, you're already playing with, with, you know, guys that, um, that, that kind of aren't in that, that upper echelon from a talent perspective. I wouldn't risk it with any of the rookies, whether it's Clavon chase on or, um, uh, or, um, or, uh, uh, sorry, I'm blanking, but, uh, the point is I, I wouldn't risk it with any of the guys that you think you can build around, you know, going forward. Um, so I'd shut it all down and, and start to build towards the future. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll get to this later in the episode. Um, you know, if Chad Khan decides that that is his intent, uh, that securing this draft pick is the priority for the organization, uh, what things can you do that wouldn't be in poor taste uh, in the NFL, so to speak? Because there is this like pride from players uh, and coaches, and of course guys fighting for jobs that you need to still exert maximum effort and. Uh, you know, considerations. And I think it's just an NFL policy at large, because once the competitive, competitive nature, uh, once that veil is lifted and teams are doing things intentionally, then it dilutes the product. Um, But the, the reason you and I and the fan base at large have this feeling of urgency about this specific uh, issue is that uh, because the stakes are just too high, um, Trevor Lawrence is a tremendous prospect. Ryan Leaf was a tremendous prospect. It's not guaranteed, although it does seem like Trevor Lawrence just mentally and physically and in any any way of evaluating him seems to be um, a generational quarterback prospect. But uh, what we're not also considering is picking at two, just how huge the drop-off is in talent, in my opinion, uh, especially after seeing Ohio State's Justin Fields um, throw for less than 200 yards with a few interceptions in a huge moment. And previously in other big moments, he has failed to, to rise to the level of um, competition that he's facing. And so that just, it's so huge for a fan base that has suffered for so long. Um, I hate to, because if another team was doing this, if the Jets had done this, for example, we would be so pissed. So I can understand why it's in poor taste, but yeah. you, you have to make the executive totally. decision. 
and uh, you know can't stress it enough um you know we are currently sitting in a position where and this is going to sound crazy but we have by far the most attractive gm and head coaching job at least of the last five to ten years if not in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise. Any team that has been around since the Jaguars were, you know, had their in- inaugural season, um, we, there's never been another team that had uh, all of these pieces in place, whether it's the, you know, multiple draft picks. In here, each I, of the first. I, let me stop there. I've got it right here. We have multiple picks in the first, second, fourth, fifth, and seventh rounds. So looking at 11 draft picks in total. The second most cap space going into the NFL, which I'll pull up, but I want to say is around like $90 million that we could potentially spend in free agency. Um, We have uh, many young pieces that we'll touch on um, and then potentially Trevor Lawrence. So um, yeah, I'll hand the mic back to you, but yeah, I I don't, yeah. And I I don't think that um, I, I don't think that there's any GM or head coach or combination thereof that's out of question right now. And I heard them say it on 10, 10 XL this morning. And I do firmly agree. If I'm Shad Khan, I'm coming out and saying, Hey, you know, I really appreciate all the hard work this year. We're going to play our young guys and see what we have to build to the future. Um, We fully intend to take Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. I'm going to go out and start courting my future franchise quarterback. And in the meantime, I'm calling Bill Belichick and anyone else who has proven over time to build championship winning football teams and say, Hey, come to Jacksonville. We have everything you need to build a dynasty. Wow. You, did you just throw out Bill Belichick? I did. That was something I wanted to bring up later on, but uh, yeah, I think that that is so interesting. I maybe why, why stay in the cold when you come to the sun, baby. <laughs> um, I mean, this new England's a shit show. Yeah. They're stuck uh, in their limbo. Yeah, and being a mediocre football team in the NFL, which is limbo. Um, so, yeah, they don't have a solution at the quarterback, even though it's a pretty rich year uh, for quarterbacks. Um, and so, yeah. Bill Belichick said it himself a, a week or two ago. He said, you know, we, we took all of the, the, the resources, whether it's financial or, or, or human resources that we had at our disposal, and we sold out to win multiple Super Bowls. And there's nothing wrong with that. It worked. I mean, they built dynasty after dynasty over the last 20 years. Um, but, but eventually, you know, it, it, it doesn't work anymore. They're, they're in a bad cap position. They lost their franchise quarterback to Tampa Bay in the offseason. There's just not a whole lot of young talent to build around. They've, they've had actually pretty bad drafts if you go and evaluate them um, over the last five years. And so who wouldn't want to change, you know, if, if you're a guy like that? I don't know exactly how old Bill is. I think he's in his mid-60s, but – he could coach for another five to 10 years and, and who wouldn't want the chance to groom who could be a generational quarterback, another generational quarterback. Yeah. He's 68 years old. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's really interesting. Um, but before a head coaching decision is made, uh, typically the steps through that process uh, begins with appointing a general manager. And of course, Dave Caldwell was fired um, a few weeks ago. Um, so we would be looking at general manager candidates and then I presume Shad would entrust similar to how he entrusted Dave to hire Gus Bradley. Um, so uh, that brings the next question is what kind of GM market is there out there? 
Um, and like you said, I think Jacksonville is incredibly attractive. So that immediately puts us in the conversation with any top tier candidate. Um, so, I mean, neither of us can sit here and, you know, endorse probably one candidate or the other. We could act like we know, but um, there are a number of interesting candidates out there. Um, did you have anybody in mind in particular that, that you were eyeing? Um, you know, I, I, I don't have anyone in particular. Um, I'd love to hear if you do. Um, but what I'd say is, uh, you know, nothing against the Dave Caldwell hire originally. I mean, I, I think that the, the thought process was there. I mean, he, he was under the tutelage of Bill Pullian for a long time. He helped Thomas Dimitrov craft a, a really great uh, Atlanta Falcons organization that went on a championship run. And, you know, we bought what we thought was a, a rising star um, and it didn't work out. And, you know, that happens. I don't, you, nothing, especially in the NFL is going to be, is going to be a for sure. Um, but, but I wouldn't like abandon that playbook and try and get cute and go after somebody that nobody's heard of, which seems to be our MO in, in some regards with, with some mm-hmm. hires. Um, I would stick with, you know, the, the teams that you've seen in, in the playoffs on a perennial basis over the last five years, go get those guys, you know, get the number twos, the number three guys in, in those, um, in those respective front offices and give them the opportunity to come in and take over what is right now a beat up Buick and, and see if they can turn it into a Porsche because uh, there's no reason why they can't. They have all the resources at their disposal as we already talked about. Um, we just need somebody that knows what it takes to build a championship football team year in, year out, not, you know, get too cute, outsmart yourself um, and, and bring in the right people around them. And I, I think that that's really the part where we've failed. And I don't know if you can throw all of it on Dave, Caldwell or, or, or Shad. I mean, I personally think, you know, it's the owner's responsibility to, to handle these things. I think he's handled them pretty poorly over the last 10 years, but um, you know, find somebody that's a natural leader that can go out and attract people that want to be here, that want to win a lot of football games um, and have the resumes to back it up. Cause we don't have that right now. If you, if you look anywhere around the front office or our coaching staff, there, there's no one that I think you could get on a table and say, you know, I would throw myself on the train tracks to keep this guy in the organization. There's not a single person like that. So that's what I would say. Yeah. uh, You made a good point. I think you need somebody who comes from an organization that has just year in and year out built solid rosters. Um, Some teams that come to mind who consistently do that, the Steelers, um, the Chiefs, the Bills, Bills, um, even the Colts have put together a really strong team. Um, even despite uh, the Andrew Luck fiasco. But uh, considering the position that we're in now, and presumably if we lose the next two games, we will have the first pick and quarterback set in stone, undoubtedly. Uh, So I think you can look for a GM that isn't as touted as a quarterback evaluator and maybe somebody who's um, a better pro evaluator since we do have $80 million to spend. We need to make some smart decisions in free agency. Um, and specifically a defensive evaluator because the offensive side of the ball is uh, certainly more built than where the defense is at. And um, so there's some, some general thoughts. Um, if I'm not going to pretend like I w- would be able to make this decision, but I really like the uh, Mike Borgonzi guy out of Kansas City. Um, yep. it's, it's just a good organization. Um, but uh, Ed Dodds is a guy who he – 
is the number two guy at Indianapolis. And I know some of our guys will vouch for him or they seem to be attracted to him, but um, that'll be an interesting decision. It's, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see what Shot Khan does, but. Uh, yeah, I think you made it. I think you made a great point and, and um, I just reinforce it. And I think we already touched on this a little bit, but um, you don't need a, an expert quarterback evaluator. This is the easiest pick of all time, assuming knock on every piece of wood that I can, I can touch here um, that you lose out these next two games. I'd go public with it immediately and say, we're taking Trevor Lawrence at one. And we're going to go out and find a GM. Flock to Jacksonville. Come on. Right. I mean, like, I, I don't think there's any downside in doing that. I mean, go and start courting him as soon as the, the college football playoffs are over um, and, and make sure he's comfortable with it. Uh, you know, I, it, it's a great fit and, and you, it's on autopilot. So you can't mess it up. Like it don't like, don't do anything. Go out and say, we're taking from and then figure out the rest. I, I just think, um, like you said, you know, spend your efforts elsewhere. Find somebody that knows how to rebuild the defense. I mean, it is just a total shambles from what was just a dominant defense in 2017. It's actually it's shocking how quickly you could decompose something that was such a strength, not just in Jacksonville, but across viewed as such across the entire league. Um, so I, 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 although I will, I will say um... – Throughout this slide of losses, we have lost in style or lost pretty a couple times. Um, you know, the Texans game was a two-point game. The Packers game was four. The Vikings went into overtime. The Browns came down to the last plays. So, I have considering that we've put guys like Celia Henderson and Josh Allen on IR, and we've been playing with a skeleton crew, um, a guy like Devon Hamilton, who – was our best defensive lineman, uh, was hurt, fortunately not a um, serious injury, but he's also on IR. So, you know, we've sent a lot of guys to IR, and I think the defense has shown some resiliency, um, but yep. cer cer certainly for a championship roster caliber defense, uh, you, you're looking at you need another, you know, six or seven starters or quality, yeah. play quality players. Yeah. And I know we're going to get into personnel more um, as we go, so I don't want to jump the gun on that. But yeah, uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I hear you, and and I don't disagree. Like you know, there are some bright spots, um, like a guy like Sidney Jones coming out of nowhere as a, a free agent acquisition um, could potentially be a starting quarterback next year. Um, like that, that's exciting. Um, that said, you know, am I going back to what we already talked about? There, if I'm them, there's no way I'm letting Miles Jack take a snap next week or in week 17. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of iffy on Chobert. I think you and I differ on that a little bit. Um, I'd probably shut him down too. I, I'd bring in Shaq Quarterman and see what you got as a guy at Ooh, linebacker. Love that. Um, so uh, anyway, so that, that was a little bit of a tangent. But yes, you're right. I, I think there are some bright spots on the defense, and we can get into personnel more in a, in a few minutes. As far as a head coach. Uh what would you be looking for in a head coach if you were the GM? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the league has really shifted. Um, can't give an exact timeline, but, uh, you know, it's a scoring league right now. Um, nothing against Doug, but, you know, he never really struck you as, a, as some kind of offensive genius. Um, I think we need to go out and find somebody that can maximize 
the most out of Lawrence, not just as like a rookie and, and you know, I'll call him an infant quarterback over the first, you know, one or two years, um, but really somebody that can, can build an offense around his strengths, which mm-hmm. he seemingly has lots of, um, and, and then bring in a defensive coordinator that is not so stuck in his own scheme. Uh, it's somebody that can take an honest, hard look at what we've got and, uh, and work with the GM to build around that core going forward and figure out a defense that fits the personnel that we have on the roster right now and that we have ready access to in the draft and free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would really start with the offense from the head coaching spot um, and, and, and then focus, you know, as your kind of core complementary coordinator, uh, I would focus more on defense and offense. So I'd really want an off, uh, a, a head coach that has an offensive coordinating background, I think. Yeah, agreed. I think that that's where the future of the league is. So, uh, you know, the first few names that come to mind, Joe um, Brady out of Carolina, real young guy, um, Eric Bieniemy, I think that's how you say it. Um, yep. He is the OC at Kansas City. Um, he's been talked about a ton. Some people wonder if, like, you know, is it really the Andy Reid show and he's just along for the ride or what the yep. situation is there. Um, Bill Belichick is a wild uh, name to throw out there. Defensive-oriented, of course, um, but still interesting. Um, and then Josh McDaniels has always been in the conversation year over yep. year. So, anyways, there, yeah. I, I think I think in to your point, um, you you let, obviously the league is on notice if you secure that pick that you're getting Trevor Lawrence. You see who comes to you who is like just absolutely thrilled to work with him and um, make sure it's the right marriage. Go ahead. Yeah, totally. I was going to ask, do you seriously consider trying to pull Dabo out of Clemson? Um, No, no, I don't, I don't think so. On the radio. Yeah. I mean, it's, you want to be able to, it, it's a popular thing to connect dots there, but um, I just don't think that, Dabo, I think Dabo's strength is the recruiting and relationships with college players, and it's a totally different dynamic in the pros. Um, and again, college, a college coach needs to be like a father to those kids, and in the pros, it's a business. Um, so two totally different styles, and I, I, I think I, I don't know anything about his X's and O's, but he's never struck me as like a mastermind or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. Um... I definitely tend to agree. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if you, if I would go to the college ranks for, I think there's enough young guys in the NFL that you can pluck who have already been around for, for a while. Um, Because once Trevor Lawrence, if Trevor Lawrence is on the roster with the amount of money that we have to spend um, to bolster and improve the defense. um, I mean, I think we're immediately a playoff. We're sniffing playoffs immediately. Um, just yeah. how big of an impact a guy like him can have, especially compared to what we've had, you know, between the last number of quarterbacks. So. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And, um, you know, you tell me if you want to segue over to personnel groups. I know we're going to touch on some as kind of yeah. like a first part in a multi-part series, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think uh, if you can, if, if you're, able to secure Trevor Lawrence and you're able to bolster the offensive line and you can add a high quality tight end, maybe a Kyle Pitts, which would be unbelievable in the draft. Um, I think you have an offense that can easily carry you into the playoffs, at least as a wild card. 
um, even in a, in a division that has the Colts and the Titans who are playing really, really good football deep in the year right now, respectively. Um, and I think you can put enough of your cap space, at least over, you know, kind of the short term two to three year type deal into the defense through free agency um, to have enough there to, to, to get you uh, into the playoffs. So, uh, so yeah, totally agree. Um, so yeah, uh, talking about personnel, just we'll go through this really quickly. Um, but just some guys that you've been impressed with so far this season or, um, and want to continue to keep an eye on these next two games. We've got Chicago on Sunday and the, the Colts the Sunday following. Um, so yeah, who has stood out for you, um, over the stretch and guys, guys that you, uh, yeah. on the roster, you mean oh, like yeah. on the Jags roster? Yeah. Current. Yeah. Um, okay. So guys that have stood out this year, as we mentioned earlier, you know, there, there's some folks that have already moved to IR, but I'm going to include them for the sake of this conversation. Okay. Um, you know, starting on the offensive side of the ball though. Um, I think that Keelan Cole has made a real argument for himself to be on this roster next year. Um, though I'd, I'd caveat that by saying um, it's got to come at the right price for the team. You know, I think there's a lot of talent at that wide receiver position uh, between DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, and I really think an emerging star in, in Colin Johnson. Um, and so I think, I think you really only need one more guy, right? Uh, like, I don't think there's a spot for Chris Conley on this roster next year. Uh, I don't think there's a spot for D.D. Westbrook, even though, you know, he's already on IR given the, the significant knee injury um, that, that he incurred. Um, but, you know, if you can lock up Keelan on a fairly team-friendly deal and, and just say, hey, this position group is fairly done, uh, I'm all about that. I, I think that would, that would be great. So he, he's a real standout to me. The biggest standout of all, of course, is James Robinson, right? Um, uh, it goes without saying, like a, a guy to come in undrafted and do what he did over the course of the season behind a good offensive line, but not the best offensive line on a team that wasn't always in a position to be running the ball uh, is, is pretty incredible. Um, and so I, I think you have a true building block there. I think the best thing that you could do for him in the offseason beyond just adding to the offensive line um, is to get him a complimentary back to spell him a little bit. I mean, that guy is always on the field um, on third down. He's either taken on a linebacker, you know, in the backfield, the block, or he's out on the flat catching the ball and hurtling a guy. Um, you know, it, he's super well conditioned, obviously, to be able to do all that stuff. But, um, you know, you, you need to get him, get him some help. But, um, uh, you know, as far as stars go, I mean, he's, he's the obvious one. Um, on the offensive line, uh, you know, I've liked what I've seen out of both Cam Robinson and Juwan Taylor as kind of our young tackles. I think the key question of the offseason is going to be, do you extend Cam Robinson? You know, you've got, you've got two more years with Juwan Taylor until you really have to make that call. Um, so he's, he's the right tackle for now and he needs to get better. He, it's not like he had a pro bowl season by any stretch, but he, he has actually allowed the most pressures in the NFL. Yeah. Um, which isn't great. Uh, and then, you know, with Cam, uh, if, if push came to shove, I think I'm okay, you know, walking away from that one. The big question is, you know, who do you replace him with? Um, and I I did pull up the free agent tracker to see if there were any notable left tackles. Um, and I agree with you. I would go to the market. Uh, I love Cam Robinson. He seems like a hilarious dude. I would love to hang out with him. 
uh, I don't trust him with a, a bag of money and counting on him to take the next step. This was his contract year. This is the best that he had. I would prefer to go to the market. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, the problem is based on the, the look of things, you know, you have a couple uh, high quality left tackles that, uh, that are out there. Um, unfortunately, they're all kind of on the older side. So you've got Alejandro Villanueva, um, who's there. You've got Trent Williams, who's there. You've got Russell Okung, uh, who's there. But you don't have anybody that, that you can really plan on for, for a long period of time. All those guys are between 32 and 33 years old. I don't know how old they'll be when they start next season. Um, so, you know, it's a tough year to be in the market for left tackle unless I'm missing anybody. Yeah, um, um, maybe we can find a situation where there's a cap casualty and we can send a pick for somebody on draft day. Uh, you have to secure the line as best you can for, for Lawrence just for his own mental sake. So, um, I agree. I think that, I think, you know, that's, that's a, a big priority in the offseason is finding a, an anchor at left tackle. And I mean, if, if you could get one of those guys on a, a two-year deal that doesn't just crush you from a, a cap perspective, um, I think it's worth it to ensure a smooth transition for Lawrence into the NFL. Oh, we got um, money to burn, baby. Right. <laughs> um, so we've, we've touched a little bit on offensive line. I, I think, you know, you do still need to get better at the guard position. I, 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 I got some I got some stuff on the guards for you. Um, AJ, okay. AJ can is in his second or third year of that contract. Uh, he's serviceable. That's great. Um, Andrew Norwell has surprisingly had a exceptional uh, pass blocking year. Not so great on the run blocking, but pass blocking. Um, seeing a lot of people giving him props for that. Uh, I'm sure this next year of his contract is a bit the. Um, fourth year in 18 19 so yeah it'll be the fourth year of his contract um so it's gonna get pretty pricey maybe we can renegotiate it that'd be really cool uh ben barge has seen some playing time since norwell has um been hurt um uh, ben barge actually looks pretty good he's the division three guy that yep. uh, we drafted so um and more of a fit on the inside and they also tried to uh, it seemed like a little bit of tackle at points during training camp um I think his natural fit is definitely at the guard spot. Yep. Um, I think Tyler Shatley has been playing center since uh, Brandon Linder has been on IR. Um, Talk about a guy to, to, to renew as a, as a swing player on that offensive line. You know, the fact that, that we over the years have had so many injuries there uh, and he's seemingly always plugged in and not been noticed at either center, right guard or left guard. That's exactly what you want in a, in a backup offensive lineman. So I'm all yeah. for giving uh Shatley some more some more moolah in the offseason yeah Keep him around I'm down for Linder too uh he's like our Brad Meester of our of our heyday so um I'm cool with Linder but um and it seems like what they preached about like keeping this unit together has been good for them I thought when they were all together, I thought when they were all like all together and healthy and you know playing competitive football that they looked all right but um, I don't think Gardner helped them a lot at times, which is like so disappointing. Gardner had a chance to to take his moment, and I don't know if – it seemed like he regressed a little bit. Um, I was a little disappointed that he didn't use his legs on uh, scrambles and rollouts. Um, he seems to want to run at the midnight hour when things are already uh, – Breaking down. Breaking yeah. down. So um, – but we'll keep rolling through this, uh, the future of the roster, essentially. I'll touch on some defensive stuff. Uh, Miles Jack has had a great year. 
at outside linebacker, the will linebacker spot. Um, you know, finally he got a chance to start there full time. Look what happened. Um, so it seems that it seems like that signing isn't going to blow up in our face. Like we kind of worried it would um, shout out Yannick and uh, He had a trash season. So that was then rewarding. Um, back to the Jaguars, Devon Hamilton, like I said earlier, looked really, really great as a pass rusher and run defender until he got hurt. He'll be back and strong next year. Caleb on chase on is a guy who struggled early on. He was a raw project uh, player out of LSU um, pass rusher. Some people think he would be better in a three, four system. Uh, lately we've yep. been giving him the chance to rush standing up. Um, so had a really slow start to the season. I mean, like games where he didn't even register statistics. Um, but he has grown a lot the past couple of weeks. Uh, he had like 10 pressures last game, which is amazing. So uh, he looks like he, the game's slowing down a little bit for him. Um, Sydney Jones, to your point, for agent pickup, former first round pick, he's had a great, a great season. Josh Jones is the strong safety that we had. Uh, have uh, he had an interception against Lamar Jackson? Uh, he's probably a depth guy. You'd like to have a playmaker. At, you'd like you'd like to have two playmakers at safety, but uh, we'll see. Um, what they end up doing with him. Um, I think J-Rod Wilson is clearly a depth player. Uh, Trey Herndon had a chance to assume a starting role this year, didn't do it. Um, Again, um, I, I, yeah, I'd say at, at the safety position, you know, uh, who knows if they'll actually get to market, but if Justin Simmons is there in the offseason from Denver, I think you, you pay him and you never look back. That guy's just a freak. Um, and would just totally change the dynamic of that, that backfield. Um, and then the other point I was going to make is, and then I'll let you keep going is um, uh, it's been shocking to see how much uh, Taven Bryan has fizzled out since being a, you know, the 24th pick in the draft two or three years ago to, to today. And um, you know, it's, I mean, it's on the old, the, the old front office, but just, just totally unforgivable of like how bad that 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 has worked out and um just means that you got to go back to the well again and get another interior defensive lineman to pair with Devon Hamilton whether you're running a three four or four three I mean um you know we just don't have the depth on the inside so yeah that is really disappointing he's been playing like a total of like 16 snaps a game recently um oh well um yeah we're not going to be uh exercising that fifth year option looking up Dewan Smoot's stats um he's got five and a half sacks this year so he's a guy I also thought was kind of a goofball that just I don't know just never seemed like he played uh to what he was capable of doing but um he's had a, a, a sneaky good year this year so we'll see what they do with them but uh, like you said uh need to bring in a defensive coordinator that um, this flexible with the scheme, or I guess you just attract defensive coordinators and hear, hear what their thoughts are for how you would appreciate this roster. And, um, you need a general manager that understands the strengths of this upcoming draft. And maybe that guides your decision a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's right. Um, and you know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, is as, as saddened as I am by, uh, by the defense this year. I mean, they're clearly pieces, and we've talked about a bunch of them that you can build around. Um, so I really do think it, it just takes, you know, a new system, a new guy in charge to um, to kickstart this. I, I don't think that they're so far behind that they can't get back within a season or two on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you do need to add players pretty much at every level of the defense just to be competitive. Um, so, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. And luckily they have a ton of picks. So, you know, you try to build through the draft and, um, and get it done that way, as well as, you know, spending a ton of money probably this offseason specifically on the defense. Um, but you're going to have to also invest in the draft because those guys are going to cycle out over the next two or three years, whoever you sign this offseason. Yeah, if I'm the GM, I am probably still placing a little bit of emphasis, a little bit more emphasis on the offense um, as far as – my theory with defenses is that you can push your chips in and build a good defense by spending money. Um, when necessary, yep. And um, that's the last thing that you do, in my opinion, is get the, get the defense ready. But you, you need to breed this offensive system that's going to – become its own thing, um, find the right players for that system. Um, so that in by year two or three it is something like what Sean Payton has built and what Belichick and Brady had just, um, uh, sort of, you know, an, an elite offensive system, and then you can figure out the defense. But, um, in any case, uh, let's transition to, uh, one of our last segments. I thought that was really good to kind of bring people up to speed of who we've been impressed with so far this year. Um, we still have a lot more offseason stuff to go over in future episodes, but, uh, back to, um, the Jaguars game on Sunday and, uh, the game after two more games left in the season, if you were shot con, uh, and you needed to engineer two losses, um, what are you do? What are you doing to ensure, uh, that, that, that happens within reason, like realistically but without you know creating an investigation by the nfl all right well i'll start on the i think on the football side of things um you know i think that we've already hit on this i don't want to beat a dead horse but i would um i would 100 percent not play gardner quarterback um i personally would put in jake luden um i would sub out both of your your starting offensive tackles uh, if that means you have Ben Barch play on one side and uh, you have Will Richardson play on the other, that's fine. I, I think under the guise of what that you just want to evaluate talent. Yeah, that you want to see you want to see what you got in, in, on the depth. Um, you know, with with your depth players um, at wide receiver, um, I would most likely you know start Colin Johnson on the outside. Um, and I think there's a good reason to see what he can do as kind of the, the primary guy in a game. Um, I would definitely take out LaVisca Chenault. Like that guy is the most physical ball carrier at the wide receiver position that I think I've ever seen. Um, and all you need is for him to take on more contact in one of these games and, and get really hurt before going into next year. I'd also shut down DJ Chark again under the guise of, you know, we're trying to see what we got behind us. Um, I don't really think there's a whole lot that you need to do on defense uh, to ensure that they're going to give up 25 or 30 points. They've, they've been doing that pretty much all season. Um, you just don't want to match firepower on, on the offensive side of the ball and stay in these games. Um, it, the one player that we already hit on though, is I, I, I miles Jack cannot play another snap this season. Yeah. He's, only, he's the only guy I would worry about making like a pick six to win a stupid game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then on the um, on the non-football side of things, um, 
you know, I don't know how much you can really do, you know, with, with the coaching staff and all that. I mean, they're fighting for their livelihoods at the moment. Um, you know, people say that a lot too. And like, the reality is, you know, you're, you're one in 13. I don't know what two additional wins really does for that coaching resume. Um, but I think I would have a, you know, a sit down and have an honest conversation around, Hey, when in doubt, play the young guy, you know, uh, like let's, let's get everybody that we think might have a spot on this roster in the future, um, uh, more reps. And, you know, in the meantime, uh, you know, consider that, me evaluating, you know, if there's a potential spot for you going forward, um, if I'm Shad Khan, and I would I would leave it at that because I, I don't I don't think you can you can really tell them hey you know shut everybody down you know it, you can't be as explicit but I would just say when in doubt play the young guy and here's five guys that can't get hurt um, going into next season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all reasonable. Um... Yeah, I think I think I would like say that I'm not going to announce a starter until later in the week, starting quarterback. Don't give Jake Luton one practice rep with the ones. That's a great point. And yeah. then and then on Friday night, you say, oh, by the way, Jake Luton's starting. Um, and then I don't know whoever you whoever you have in your pocket. I don't know if you can if you can get the coordinators in on it. I think that's the easiest way to do it without like just blatantly putting guys in IR or having like a COVID outbreak or whatever, whatever could transpire because the internet's just going to like tear you apart. But if you go out there and you get Todd Wash to run base defense every single play and just not deviate from it and put guys in positions where um, they're mismatched. So uh, I, I think if, I, if I'm going to go full conspiracy theorist, that's what, how I would do it is I would have the coordinators in on it somehow um, because you can't fault a guy for calling bad plays. But um, in any case, uh, I wish that there was a way that we could just guarantee these next few losses because it's going to be uh, – I might quit the NFL altogether <laughs> if, if we win a game. <laughs> uh, I agree. I, the, the thing I'd add, though, is that, you know, in a lot of ways I think it takes care of itself. Um, you know, the Bears are seven and seven right now. They're trying to get in the playoffs um, between Allen Robinson on, you know, a comeback revenge tour um, and Montgomery at running back who put up a crazy weekend this last weekend. Um, I, I think they've got the offense to outscore us even on a good day with with Gardner playing and, and let alone with Luton playing. I think that that takes care of itself. And the Colts are, are in the hunt to win the division not just get into the wild card. Um, so they're going to be out for blood in week 17. And I, I just think, you know, going back all the way to the Gus Bradley era, um, maybe even the uh, Malarkey era, um, you know, this is by far the worst accumulation of talent the Jags have had. Um, and when you don't have a lot of talent, it seems to take care of itself. Um, so that, that's what I would say. I mean, I, I think that those, 2012, 2013, Gus Bradley teams were uh, atrocious. And this team is arguably worse from a talent perspective. So um, I, I think especially if you remove some certain players like a James Robinson from the equation, uh, there's no way that, that this is happening. And I'm still knocking on serious wood over here. But, um, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, it, it is interesting to compare this team to those 12 and 13 teams. At least in those teams, though, we had veteran free agents that could hold down at least like 
to manage spots. a spot. So I think from a competence level, we are certainly worse. From a talent perspective, I think we have bright spots that far exceed the talent that were on those teams. Um, and I think I'd rather be in that situation because we haven't gone to the well yet of free agency. Um, as last season, we just, you know, shed any unnecessary cap that uh, we could, but uh, yeah, we're going to get into a ton of the off season uh, today was a lot about um, kind of recapping the previous uh, 10 weeks or so and uh, the Trevor Lawrence news. Um, and we'll get into more analysis of Trevor Lawrence because frankly, I was so dug in, uh, for the number two pick and like, I went live on the Instagram during the Ohio state game and Justin Fields just looked totally incompetent. And I was already like researching Zach Wilson at BYU. Um, and so I'm very thankful, but now I, I gotta do some homework on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, although he looked, uh, like an absolute stud on Saturday. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, I, I think it's great that uh, we got the opportunity to kind of hit the reset button and, and shift to our historically our favorite time of the year, which was draft and free agency talk. I've got a feeling if, if things go the way they should over the next couple of weeks, um, draft and free agency might not be the highlight of our Jaguar season for all that much longer, um, which would be very refreshing. Um, the last plug I'll make, um, and then maybe a little closing statement would be uh, thank you, Frank Gore. Um, thank you, the Jets putter, for saving that that tackle at the end of that game. Put him uh, in the pride. Yeah, put him in the pride. Duval is very very grateful. Um, and if I'm if I'm shotgun, you know, you have landed ass backwards in the best situation that any NFL owner could possibly wind up in. You've got a guy that should be a generational quarterback. Do the right stuff. Go invest behind him. Don't don't make stupid hires in the next couple of weeks. Don't listen to your son with the stupid analytics and shit. Go get somebody that knows football and let's go build dynasties. I'm with you. Let's. Uh, it shouldn't be that hard. There's so many great candidates, but uh, and that that should be really the easy part. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Hopefully, we'll have uh, some fun stuff to talk about next episode. Um, but otherwise, uh, those are my closing thoughts. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. This has been another episode of the back office and, uh, with Dave and Jeff, go Jags. Duval. Lawrence 21.